1: 18 plus
0: it is Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, or a high fiver
2: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest edition of what we're trying to do with a Hammer and Rails podcast. I believe we've done this a little bit in the past, but it's probably been a few years since we've done anything, so we've got Juan manning the ones and twos recording everything for us. How's everything, Juan? So
3: far, so good. I really do not like hearing my own voice, so we're not off to a good start
2: there. And then uh, on the other line, we have one of our many Andrews. We have Andrew Ledman, a.k.a. Jumbo Heroes, with us. And uh, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. I'm I'm on the same page as Juan there. You know, you never love hearing your own voice, but I think we'll get through it together.
2: That's, uh, that's pretty much the theme for 2016 Purdue football. Let's get through this together. And thus ends our conversation on 2016 Purdue football. So... <laughs> Let's go ahead and get into some basketball here. Boy, that
3: ended faster than shoot fence.
2: Uh, Yeah, it it advanced further too. (laughs) Aww. So uh, anyway, let's get into some basketball here. We got three games left in the regular season starting on Saturday with Maryland coming to Becky Arena and then a road trip to beautiful Lincoln, Nebraska. Followed by Senior Day at Home against Wisconsin, who is probably the hottest team in the Big Ten right now, and a potential seven-way tie for a Big Ten championship on the line that day. Uh, first off, who you got in the last few games?
1: I would think um, in the last three, got to think Purdue goes 2-1. and one. Um, If I had to choose which one they're going to lose, I would say um, probably Maryland. Just because, you know, Maryland is a tough matchup for Purdue, even though we played them well at Maryland. And I think we can pretty much, I, I don't want to guarantee anything, but I would say the, the game at Nebraska, uh, we can probably chalk up as a win. And like you said, Wisconsin has done pretty well to, to finish the tail end of the season here, but at home on senior day, Hammond's last game. Um, I think the team will be motivated. Him and Davis, of course. So I think those are going to be the two who will win, and, and we'll have the most trouble probably with Maryland. But I wouldn't be surprised if we won that one as well. But I'll go with 2-1. and one.
2: That's a pretty safe estimate right now. How about you, Juan?
3: I'm also probably thinking 2-1. and one. Um, Although really this team needs to win uh, against Maryland on Saturday. But um, So I'm hoping... Uh, where do I want to go with this? See, this is the thing I'm not used to doing, this sort of podcast thing. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go 2-1, and one, probably lose to Maryland, unfortunately, um, as much as that would suck. I think this team uh, it still has a bad taste in its mouth from the Michigan loss. Uh, the Northwestern game really didn't clear that up, and IU loss didn't help. Uh, but Wisconsin's also going to be dangerous. Uh, and We've seen what Wisconsin has done. I think the only, the only team that's really stopped them in their latest run is Michigan State. Uh, who might be the other hottest team in the Big Ten right now? Uh, with Nebraska, I, I could see that coming down to the last three minutes. Um, so, yeah, we'll hopefully 2 and 1 in the stretch.
2: Well, I'm going to go a different way. I'm going to go 3 and 0. Why not? Um, optimistic Travis is back. Yeah, well, of course. Optimistic. I mean, this is the
3: third straight week he's predicted a seven-way tie in the Big Ten, right?
2: <laughs> Why not? I mean, it's still technically alive. Maybe not for in about an hour, but it's still technically alive. And uh, I'm gonna go with three and zero, mostly because if you take away just one half of a game, Purdue's undefeated at home this year, and they're a different basketball team there, aside from the just absolute meltdown that that was a Iowa game. So I really like our chances at home against Maryland. We play better there. And then, like you said, senior day for Davis and Hammonds. I'm, I'm thinking that's a big game for Hammonds. He gets things rolling, and he knows it's his last go-around. So I think he's going to finally start gearing up for the tournament here and everything else. And then at Nebraska, I'm going to call that a win because we don't lose on weekdays. Whoever whoever figured that out, it's true. We don't lose on weekdays. Let's not talk about weekends, but uh, looking like we should be able to handle that game. I'd be a little more concerned had Nebraska played well in West Lafayette, but that was a game that Purdue didn't have a lot of trouble, and Hammonds did pretty much what he wanted, and so did Haas, so... Uh, head into the Big Ten tournament with some momentum. Go 3-0 and and maybe have another break or two so we get the double bye.
3: Yeah. Although I will point out, uh, Nebraska did play decently well when they came up to Mackey. Yeah. Um, after all, they had 70-plus points in that game. Yeah. And we're up there with Purdue up until the last couple minutes when most of their bigs were in foul trouble so then A.J. Hammonds could – Keep going crazy in
2: that game. They also have the factor that they might be playing for an NIT bid, too. It looks like they lost to Penn State tonight, and they are 14 and 15. So, kind of on that bubble. They got to get the winning record. They finish at Northwestern, so that's another toss up game, too. So, they might have a little something extra to play for, and that's always a factor this time of year. Uh uh-huh. Okay, so uh, speaking of stuff to play for, Big Ten tournament about two weeks away from today. Most likely Purdue will—I'm going to say they're going to be playing on Thursday because it's going to take some more help to get one of the four double buys. Looks like Purdue's probably headed towards the five seed. Uh, they can't fall below the eight seed, but uh, yeah, they're going to be on the—they're going to be on Thursday unless they get into the top four. And it looks like it's going to be a free for all. You've got eight teams that have definitely separated themselves as the top in the conference, and then you've got a bottom six that is—well, I should say a bottom five—that's pretty tough. Can beat anybody, mm-hmm. and then you get Rutgers. So, <laughs> um, I don't know if you can say Minnesota can beat anybody. I mean, oh, well, they—they beat Maryland. Yeah,
1: that's one game.
2: And they they've played Michigan State, Indiana, and Purdue really tough in Minneapolis. I'm not going to count them out. I think they could they could win a game maybe even two depending on, you know, what happens and right. matchups and anything.
3: If Minnesota wasn't so terrible at free throws, they probably would have more than 5 wins in conference play. But Yeah. Right now they're still sitting at 2 and 13.
2: Yeah. And they probably could have beaten Purdue. I remember they missed a bunch in that game and it was mm-hmm. They I think they were like had a couple that could have put them in the lead in the second half and they just couldn't get over the hump.
1: Right. But I mean, we're also saying if their one glaring flaw wasn't a flaw, they would win more games. That's yeah, I mean, true. You know, if Purdue was hitting all their three-point shots, we wouldn't have lost a game all year. Right. You know, we could we could play this game all day.
2: Of course. Yeah. If Rutgers wasn't Rutgers, they'd be undefeated.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
2: So uh, what are you guys' thoughts on the Big Ten tournament going in? Uh, somebody have a chance at breaking through from Thursday and winning the thing, or is it going to be like usual? you got to start on Friday if you want to win it.
1: I think you got to start on Friday if you're going to win it. I don't think any of the Thursday teams. Granted, we don't know exactly who that's going to be. We, I mean, we have a pretty good idea of who those bottom teams are going to be. Uh, but like you said, I mean, the top – as six teams, eight teams in the conference. It's just a cluster. Um, I think between the way Michigan State's playing, the way Nebraska or Wisconsin is playing, um, you know, you could look at either one of those as probably your favorites. But then you've got IU, who, despite their weak conference schedule, have you know they've beat who who's been on the schedule. So you can't really count them out either. And and Purdue can be a tough matchup for anybody out there. I think it's going to be one of the more interesting big ten tournaments in recent memory
2: yeah I tend to agree because uh, you look at Ohio State they're still sitting at 10-6 they can finish anywhere from first to eighth, but they just lost Jayshon Tate for probably the rest of the season so they're they a team that's going in already shorthanded Mata plays with a short bench so somebody's going to get an easier game than it may have been before Tate got injured. And that's just of the top eight teams there. You have somebody like Illinois with Nunn and Hill who could catch fire and shock a team. You know, they could be that team like Penn State last year that started on Wednesday and still made it to Friday and even pushed Purdue just a little bit. What do you think, Juan?
3: So my favorites would have to probably be Michigan State and Wisconsin just because they're the they're the ones that are hot right now in the big ten. Um, if Wisconsin loses these next couple of games and they fall within that five to eight seed, I don't expect it, but they could be that one team that's going to go from Thursday onward. Um, really hoping IU loses in the first round of course
2: <laughs> Of course. Well, right now it looks like Indiana, they would be the one seed as of right now. Uh, If things went as they were today, they could open against Purdue on Friday. And I think that's always the fun part about it is every once in a while there's that chance that Purdue and Indiana could play in about the semifinals and tickets go through the roof on the secondary market and then something crazy happens to ruin that.
1: Um, I, I don't even want to talk about that. My, did kid you not, uh, buddy of mine and I did that. We bought tickets to the semifinal game the year Illinois beat IU on the last second shot. And when Purdue got knocked out, I think it was Penn State. I can't even remember now.
2: No, it was Illinois beat Purdue in overtime. And yeah. then Minnesota had that full court wild shot. With Kravinov. So, uh, yeah, so a bunch of people paid a lot of money to watch Minnesota and Illinois play each other. Yeah.
1: So, my buddy and I actually bought tickets to that game the day before, and we we bought extras, thinking that we would make our money back by selling them, and then we'd be able to go to the championship game. Well, naturally, no one wanted to see Illinois versus Minnesota, so we took quite a bath on those tickets.
2: Oh, that's rough. I always wondered how many people did that. Oh, there were a lot of us out on the street in the cold. I bet. I bet. And I know that I think the Purdue game went overtime that year against Illinois. And obviously you have Minnesota and Indiana coming down to the end too.
1: Yeah, it was awful.
2: And that's that's one of those matchups that would be very interesting because Purdue and Indiana have only met once in the Big Ten tournament, and that was the very first one. Uh, all these years, they've managed to dodge each other, mostly because they don't do that well. Neither one of them does. I think mm-hmm. Indiana's never made the final. Purdue's made it twice, uh, but other than that, they just really struggle.
1: Yeah, Conseco slash Banker's Life has just not been a friendly place for Purdue, whether it be in you know the Wooden Tradition, which then became something else, which then became the Crossroads or the Big Ten Tournament. You know, Purdue just doesn't seem to play their best games there. So that's why I'm not extremely hopeful of a Purdue Big Ten Tournament victory.
2: I think it'd be nice to see Purdue win, at least make it to Saturday, whether they start on Thursday or Friday because – If you start on Thursday, if you're the five, you're probably playing – you're already playing one of those teams that had to play a play-in game on Wednesday. Uh, As of right now, it would be either Illinois or Minnesota. And then you'd think you could beat one of those teams, and then you still have to play, it looks like right now, maybe Michigan State on Thursday, which is – a no, on Friday, which would be a brutal game. I don't want any part of them again.
1: No, not at all. Me either.
2: Or you could just go the redemption tour route. You get Illinois in the first game, knock them off for beating us, uh, get past Michigan State again, and then hopefully get Iowa-India in the semifinals and Iowa in the finals. That way you can beat all 13 teams this year.
1: There you go. Just wipe out all the deficits that's come out with a, with a championship belt.
2: There you go. Especially when the seven-way tie happens.
1: You know, you you keep mentioning the seven-way tie. It's like uh, it's like Schrodinger's cat. It is both alive and dead at the same time. And we'll never, we will never know until we we get to the end and actually look.
3: He's just I trying to mention that as much as he can now before it actually dies in the next hour or so. Right. So.
1: Right. We're gonna we're gonna post this tomorrow, and everyone's gonna be like. These idiots, that's not even a possibility.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but if it keeps going and it comes down to next Sunday night and it's still alive, I'm going to look like a friggin' genius. That's a fair point.
3: One of the few times Travis will look smart.
2: Yeah, I I admit. And that's really why I've talked it up today. Some people were upset about it, but I'm just like, look at the absurdity of it all. Who doesn't want to see something like that? That would be hilarious. Yeah, it would be
1: absolutely wild. I... I don't know. What is the largest number of teams that have ever tied for a Big Ten championship?
2: Um, I think 2001 there were four. Okay. Uh, I believe, uh, let me look it up, Uh, yeah. We're going to do some research here. Talk amongst yourselves. I'll give you a topic. Uh, The chickpea was neither a chick nor a pea. Discuss.
1: I don't even understand that scenario. (laughs)
3: <laughs> no, 2001, it was just Illinois and Michigan State that were tied at the top of the conference at 13-3. and three.
2: Okay. Maybe it was 2
3: Yep, there you go. Wisconsin, yeah. Ohio State, Illinois, and Indiana all at 11-5. and five.
2: Yeah, and Ohio State had to vacate it due to sanctions. Typical. So, right. yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yeah.
1: That was the year IU went to the national title game and lost.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Womp womp. And the nice thing is, if the seven-way tie does happen, it keeps Purdue one Big Ten title ahead of IU.
1: Yeah, see, that's the thing that's getting me, is I know if they get this one, you know, that's that. there goes another thing they've got over us, which just bothers the crap out of me.
2: Mm -hmm. And I think it hurts me a lot, because Purdue should have been able to do something about it. I mean, they didn't play well in Bloomington, they have that Illinois game. They have both Iowa games. And it's just It was right there for the taking, and they couldn't do it.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it was completely self-inflicted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think before we get into what we think the, uh, of our NCAA tournament chances, maybe we could just take a couple minutes and say what we think um, maybe about how this team has performed, whether it's over, uh, underperformed, overperformed, or whether it's met your expectations. Um, so, Travis, you want to go first?
2: Sure, um, I'd say underperformed. Honestly, uh, I expected a little bit better this year, and when the best we can finish is twelve and six, which was the record last year within conference, that just feels like a disappointment. When you're midway through the season, going into that Butler game, and you're in the top ten, and then you just and, and a lot of the same things are happening in these losses, it feels like a disappointment. I mean. You look at what happened in the Butler game. It was still happening here against Indiana. And, you know, the shooters aren't shooting. For whatever reason, Painter is got some of the rotations mixed up. And then I hate to say it because he's a great senior leader and everything, but Raphael Davis has been a major disappointment on offense. He's still been putting a lot of effort out there for defense, but... It's just its obvious that when he does not play well offensively, Purdue's not going to win the game, most likely. Yeah, I
1: think that's fair.
2: Um, Juan, what about yourself?
3: Uh, for me, it's also a disappointment, uh, mainly because there's been a lack of consistency in this team. Like, if we look back at Painter, pre- previous Painter teams, even last season, you know, sometimes the Big Ten doesn't start off too well, but then. Come mid-January throughout the rest of the February, they're burning through the conference. They're destroying teams left and right. Uh, And we really haven't seen that. I mean, Purdue wins a game, but then they lose the next. And then maybe they win two uh, lackluster games, and then they go ahead and lose at Maryland by shooting 20-plus threes when really they shouldn't even be shooting that many three-pointers if they're only making two of them a game. So to me, that's where it's been the most disappointing, just a lack of consistency in this team. And a lot of it is coming out uh, from the senior leaders, especially Raphael. As much as I love Ray D, um, I keep saying, like, his performance has been a roller coaster. You know, he has an amazing game against Michigan State, but then has disappeared in the Michigan games and the IU games as well.
2: Yeah. You guys and, think he's playing hurt?
1: I think some there's got to be something going on there with the knee. Um, you know, he just doesn't look as quick. He doesn't look as explosive.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but, I mean, I think it maybe is something that's not going to get better, so he just has to play through it. I mean, I don't I don't know. Right.
2: Um, a, I think that's a fair assessment
1: So, I mean, I think I'm with you guys as far as it being a bit of a disappointment um, and, you know maybe that's on us, maybe that's on all of us for our expectations being too high I'm pulling the Joe Tiller, telling you to manage expectations, <laughs> but I mean, you know, I think for, for me personally, I looked at the team that was coming back after last season obviously we knew point guard was going to be an issue after, you know, you lose someone like John Octius, but PJ Thompson has been great.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you know, the number of turnovers he's had has just been phenomenal. I don't think like anybody expected that, but so he's he's more than held up to the task. Um, but when you look at you know the guys you got coming in, you got shooters coming in, which was one of the fatal flaws of last year's team. And for whatever reason, they just haven't they haven't hit shots with a consistency that we would have liked.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and then you get the first five star under Painter, and don't get me wrong, Biggie is a great player. I mean, he, he deserves that five-star ranking, that McDonald's All-American. But, you know, maybe it's just the, the fact that we ha- haven't had many of those in Painter's time or in our time as Purdue fans. You know, we, we expected more. You know, we expected him to come in and dominate on both offense and defense. We wanted him mm-hmm. to be like a freshman from Kentucky, you know, who stays a year and is gone. And in through no fault of his own, I mean, that's just not the type of player he is. Um, so I think... Perhaps my expectations were a bit too high coming into the season, but I think all things considered, it has been a good year, um, but I haven't seen the improvement like uh, like Juan said. It hasn't been the improvement like we saw last year. you know, the defense improved so vastly from the beginning of the season to the end of the conference season. And I'm not sure we've seen that improvement this year, and I guess that would be my biggest disappointment. you know, there's not been that growth as we've seen in the past.
2: I, I agree, and it's like with Swann again; he's taking a lot of heat from people and everything, but you take him out of the lineup, like, um, what game was it that he missed? Uh, was it Nebraska? Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota. Yeah, he missed one game, and, you know, he's averaging 10 points almost and 8.5 and rebounds. That's a big chunk to take mm-hmm. out of the lineup for a guy that's like... Some people are saying, "Oh, he should be benched. Oh, just take him off the floor and everything else." He still does a lot, even when he's doing his freshman stuff with all the turnovers and everything. So oh, yeah. I think going to grow.
3: Yeah, because even in that game, I remember like Hammonds and Haas. Whenever they had the ball, they were just <laughs> double teamed, and they couldn't do anything. Of course, this then allowed Vince Edwards to go crazy in the first half. And uh-huh. so that's why everyone's like, "Oh, we have to put Vince at the four," but that's because his defender is on Hammonds or Haas. Right, and
1: in, in fairness to the Biggie enemy, what are we Biggie detractors? I guess I'd say, mm-hmm. you know, there there have been times when the team has looked better without him on the court. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there have been times where the spacing on the floor has just been off when you have him and either Haas and Hammonds on the floor at the same time. Now, I don't necessarily know that that is Biggie's fault so much as a scheme. Um, Issue, But there's definitely something to be said for taking him off the court from time to time in order to kind
2: of just change up the offense and give teams a different look. And I think at that point, one of the things that I would do, and I think you saw it a little bit late against Indiana, which helped lead to the comeback, is Painter's been married to having Hammonds or Haas, one of the two of them, on the floor at all times. And late in the Indiana game was one of the few times where he didn't have one of them on, and it strangely worked. So maybe that's one of the new wrinkles we'll get to see here. Uh, It feels like we're going through a little bit of a withdrawal because we haven't seen them play in five days. Don't know what they're working on, but, you know, I'm hoping that Painter is smart enough to be like, Hey, this worked. Let's give it a shot. See what happens late."
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's one of the good things out of any time you lose a basketball game, especially if you're down double digits, you know, you can always tinker with a lineup, you can throw in players maybe who don't play together as much, and just see what works, because, you know, there's nothing to lose at that point, you're already down um, 18, 19 points, you figure let's give this lineup a shot see if he can give us a shot in the arm. So let's maybe hope that that Painter learned a little something from that and uh, saw a lineup maybe that can do some damage on offense in the the future and maybe that's something we can utilize as the Big Ten Conference uh, season ends and we go into the tournaments.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, speaking of that and lineups and everything else, uh, what do you guys think? Do you think it will be beneficial once Purdue gets into the NCAA tournament because they'll be facing teams that haven't scouted them relentlessly, are not familiar with them? Or is it a case of the bad shooting is going to undo them, we're going to have some turnover issues, and you know maybe even be the victim of the infamous 12-5 upset?
1: Um, I think if, if you look at the tournament, I mean, it, at this point it's impossible to say just because so much of it depends on matchups. But I, I don't think we're going to... I don't think Purdue will lose in that first round, which thankfully the NCAA came to their senses and called the first round the first round, and the play-in games are the play-in games.
2: Cause exactly.
1: That was just confusing garbage that no one really uh-huh. believed in and and adhered to anyway. So, I think Purdue starts another streak of winning in the first round um, this year. But, I, and I still think, given the right matchups and given the right mentality of certain players on our team namely A.J. Hammonds, you know, this team could still go to a Final Four. Mm -hmm, It's just a matter of how we're playing when we get in there and what teams we face, you know. If we face a team that has um, athletic wings and a great point guard who can, you know, shoot threes and get to the hole, we're going to be in some trouble. I mean, I think everybody knows that. But we also have to understand that we're a team who can shoot the ball on any given night and we've got two seven-footers so if those guys are playing to their capacity we're also one hell of a matchup for people so it can go either way but i, I think barring some crazy matchup in the first round Purdue at least gets out of the first round and um, you know like i said i wouldn't be surprised if barring some crazy bad matchup we we don't have a chance to get to a final
2: four all right how about you on
3: yeah, I agree on those sentiments. Um, I think I said this in the group text the other day that honestly Purdue could lose in the first round or make it to the final four, and probably I wouldn't be surprised with either result. Because um, depending on what seed they get and who they draw in the first round, they could easily just destroy a 12 or 13 seed team. Um, but if we're but if they start if in these last three games, you know, if they go one and two and then lose in the first round of the Big Ten tournament, their seed drops to maybe the seven or eight seed. Uh, that's not going to be a good matchup for Purdue in the long run. And it's possible, realistically, thinking here, second round perhaps, maybe Sweet 16 at the most. I think would be good. As long as we we get to the Sweet 16, please do not make rings to commemorate that.
2: Oh, no. No, definitely not. Cut down the nets. (laughs) (laughs) I I said before the year I wanted to at least reach the Sweet 16 in addition to a top-four finish in the Big Ten. And, you know, it, as we talked about earlier, it still feels like a disappointment, but both of those goals are within reach. And I, I tend to agree with both of you that a final four is indeed possible. You know, you put us in a, the same region where, say, Virginia is the number one seed. Well, they're going to want to slow it down and plod with us. So that's a very favorable one for us. But... You give us somebody like Oklahoma or Kansas, you know, somebody with superior athletes, then yeah, we're in trouble. Mm-hmm. So, and the other thing that you always have to take into consideration, there's always that one broken bracket scenario, and that almost got Gene Katie to a Final Four in 2000 when the top three seeds, I think it was, all got knocked out in the region before the Sweet 16, and we were the higher seeded team in both our Sweet 16 and Elite 8 games, so that's another thing that you just can't predict.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. My, my thing in the NCAA tournament, uh,
1: I, I always told my buddy this when we were in college and, you know, big in the paint crew and filling out all the brackets and stuff, I said, you know, if you're the 8 or 9, you know, you win your first game, you're going to play the 1 seed. If you beat the 1 seed, you become the 1 seed. You mm-hmm. have a path. You know, and you got to think of it that way. It, if, if you get that favorable path, it can all open up for you. And Purdue, honestly, I mean, I know we're Purdue fans, so we're biased, but we tend to get some pretty bad draws um, in the tournament, you know, versus when you look at Michigan State. And I know Michigan State gets hot and plays great in March, but when you look at, at the teams they've played and the draws they've had, they've also been pretty darn lucky in that respect. So
3: mm. yeah, you know,
1: some, sometimes it's a matter of where you land.
3: Well, that's what happened last year as well. I mean, they beat Virginia, but then, you know, the rest of the path was paved for them. And we saw their true talent when they had to play Duke in the Final Four. And
2: just once, I want Purdue to take advantage of that. I mean, I've seen all these years where Wichita State, George Mason, VCU, they all get hot and get to the Final Four. And I'm like, that never happens to us. We always get sent to play friggin' LSU in Baton Rouge or whatever. But we don't have to worry about LSU this year. Oh, uh, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, what are you guys thinking in terms of a seed? you thinking uh four's about the limit right now or what?
1: No, I don't think so. I think – I mean, obviously this is, this is not a scenario I think is going to happen. But I, I think Purdue, you know, if they win their final three games – And then if they go through and win the Big Ten tournament beating, you know, someone like IU, someone like Iowa, Michigan State, you know, I I think they could go maybe even as as high as a three or a two, uh, depending on what happens above them in the rankings. I mean, like I said, that's not a scenario I would imagine playing out, but, you know, it's not inconceivable that Purdue would win those final games, people above them lose. And, you know, Purdue's NCAA tournament profile is pretty darn good at this point mm-hmm. as far as quality wins. Right. So, I mean, it is possible. It is not likely, though, I would say.
2: Go on.
3: Yeah, I agree. I'd say probably anywhere between a four and a six seed um, at the moment. Hoping, and again, hoping that really they just don't shit the bed. I, can I curse on this podcast? I hope oh, so.
2: Oh, Absolutely.
3: Uh, really hoping they don't mess up in these last couple games here to hurt their profile. But I think four is probably going to be the upper limit there. Six will probably be the bottom. Anywhere, anywhere in there, uh, it should be a good run, hopefully.
2: I think to get a three, they're going to have to win these last three games. It's going to help playing Absolutely. Maryland and Wisconsin uh-huh. because that's two more top 50 teams. And then I think they're going to have to probably get to Saturday or Sunday in in Indianapolis. Uh, Really, what happens on the Sunday doesn't tend to affect things much because the tournament ends so late that unless you're just a team that wasn't going to get in regardless and then you win the whole thing to throw everything out at haywire, uh, it just doesn't matter. So I don't think you can factor in that Big Ten championship game win or lose.
1: Yeah, I agree. So um, I think we probably ought to uh, shut this thing down. Right. So you want to give – we'll give final thoughts on uh, prediction maybe for Saturday. So uh, I'll go first. Um, I think I, – like I said at the beginning, I think Purdue is probably going to lose this one. I think it will be close in the last couple minutes. But I think this is one that Purdue just can't hold on to, which is rough for me because I live in Maryland now. Uh, so many Maryland fans I interact with, so going 0-2 against them would be really really hurtful for me in my personal life. So if nothing else, Purdue should just win because of that. So uh, that's what I think for uh, this Saturday. So I say we go to Juan, and then we'll let uh, Travis finish and sign us off.
3: All right. So as much as I want Purdue to win, I'm not feeling too confident yet. Uh, Probably just still the bad taste of the Michigan loss, and not you in there uh not helping could see Maryland pushing out to probably like a five to ten point lead and just maintaining that throughout the whole game you know Purdue makes a three to try to come back and and Melo Trimble responds he finally gets hot um and just keeps Purdue at bay the whole game uh but I hope I'm wrong uh
2: first of all do we have anybody on staff actually going to be in attendance here because that seems to be the death knell
3: uh, Andrew Holmes is supposed to be at the game, I think, and every game he's
2: been at. We lost. lost. He's oh, been we're to? screwed yeah. then. <laughs> that, that's my analysis. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> I really like how this team, ha- like I said, they're just different at home. Uh, Mackey still is a very tough place for visiting teams to win, and mm-hmm. I would think that we we're going to be favored over almost anybody that comes in there. You know, if we had another shot at Iowa, I would love to just play him again in Mackey and see what would happen. So, I think Purdue gets it done. I think they've had a week to stew over what happened in Bloomington. And I think we'll see a few, just a couple of new things. Uh, But we did play well against Maryland. They know that, aside from the three-point shooting performance, that probably – was good enough to win, uh in College Parks. So I think they get it done at home and I think it sets the tone and at least makes us feel better for a little while until uh the next time <laughs> everything starts falling apart. So uh that's really all I have to say. Uh Juan, Andrew, do you have anything left? No, I think that's it for me. It's it for me too. Well, I think this is the end of it for us. Uh, Thank you for listening to our first shot at a podcast. You know, maybe we'll be able to throw in some actual music or intros and outros from that, but we appreciate it, and we'll try to make this a little bit more regular in the future. All right. Hey, boiler up. Boiler up.